0: Leave, have you lived in Colorado long enough to go to Keyboard Exchange on Sheridan Boulevard? Yes. Did you ever go in the back room there? No. Oh my God, it looked like Diego's studio.
1: Is that like the porno room at a Blockbuster?
0: It is for us. Yeah. It is.
1: Hey, Prog fans, welcome to another episode of the Ultimate Prague Podcast Project. My name is Tony, and as always, I'm joined by Lee and Craig. We are three friends and Prog aficionados here to talk about the history and the craft of progressive music while sprinkling in our always unvarnished opinions of the music and the personalities that make this genre so daggum great. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at UP3Show, or you can contact us via email at UP3Show at gmail.com. If you just can't get enough of the show or you want your friends to find the show, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on our homepage at up3show.podbean.com or wherever it is that you subscribe to podcasts. This makes sure that you never miss an episode and helps other folks find the show. Other folks like the Prague Report.
2: The Prague Report.
0: You know? So
1: why don't you tell us about. <laughs> we
0: loved the Prague <laughs> Report until moments ago. I'm going to let Craig do it. Yeah, well, okay. go for it, Craig. Because he's lit. <laughs> <laughs> so. As you guys know, we've been doing a bit at Ultimate Prague Podcast. And doing it well. And doing it well and building on it to the point where the entire first episode of the year was Prog Adjacent, a.k.a. Prog Not Prog.
1: We literally called it Prog Not Prog in the episode. That's right. We called it Prog Not Prog in the first episode we did.
0: So we went up to our previously favorite website, <laughs> <laughs> The Prog Report. God bless those good gentlemen or ladies, and they have a bit called Prague Not Prog. What the hell? That's ours. You couldn't see it because it was spoken, but there's a little TM right after it. It's a registered trademark. That's right. So they'll be hearing from the Ultimate Prague Podcast.
1: Our horde of attorneys. We
0: have a stable.
1: Only the best. They're huge. I
0: want to say we're scratching our heads, but we're we're angry. I'm angry. It was my bit.
1: I really wish all the listeners could see. Craig right now, and how viscerally pissed off he is. And it takes a lot to get Craig mad. We're trying to be good spirits about it, but if you're a listener of the show and you really enjoy what we do here, I would ask that you go out contribute there and contribute
0: like, to our legal defense fund
1: <laughs> on Patreon.com, Patreon.com/slash-up3show. <laughs> but seriously, just let the prog Report know. Hey guys, come on, let's all be fans here and not steal each other's stuff because there's plenty to go around. This is a very niche community.
0: First of all, I appreciate everything you're saying, but you're really going way out on a limb and assuming that they've heard our podcast. That's true. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I am. But it doesn't matter if they've heard it. We did it first.
2: And we did it better.
0: So I've had jokes stolen before. Didn't get this pissed. I get this pissed. And it's usually a case of them not having stolen it, but having come up with the same joke at the same time. So for some reason or another, the zeitgeist of the universe made other creative people come up with prog, not prog, but I'm still livid.
1: In fairness, that is true. I've seen that actually happen. You know, maybe it's the universe. This just seems a little too on the nose.
0: Yeah. What, what with them choosing the exact same words? The
1: exact same words. <laughs> like not even a deviation. If I was in high school and I turned that in on an assignment, I would get an F because it's plagiarism.
0: I think we have a small cadre of listeners. I'm hoping that they know that this is sort of tongue in cheek.
1: This. Yes. Only sort of.
0: Mostly tongue and cheek.
1: More tongue or more cheek? Um,
0: uh, More tongue. You never go wrong. That's
2: what you said.
1: With more I'm tongue. I'm
0: told. <laughs> there you go. 15-year-old boy's coming out.
1: As we attempt to soldier on, let's do a quick round of what we've been up to. So, Lee, what have you been up to since we last talked?
2: Oh, mostly just working like crazy. Work is just off the rails right now. And so I haven't even had a chance to sit in the studio and write. Oh, man. Which totally sucks. But the one thing I should tell you about is... Have you seen Derek Sherinian's latest tweet? No. No. He's soliciting people to send him unpublished MP3s that he's willing to go play on. Oh.
1: He'll just do like a little riff?
2: Yeah. No shit. Yeah, he'll do a riff. Um, let me get the tweet up.
1: If he will let people credit him, that would be really, really amazing. Any of one of our listeners, right? You send him a thing and then you can say, yeah, Derek Sherinian played on my song.
2: Well, get this. I sent him one. Oh, no
1: shit. Oh, shit.
2: Yeah, I took an old two that I hadn't put on an album, and I thought, I'll just email it to Derek and see what happens. So, I will let you guys know next episode what came of this. Oh, dude, that is so exciting. Awesome. I know, it's just, it's bizarre. I gotta figure at some point, he's just gotta go, there's just too many people sending stuff in, but I knows? can't
1: jam over Mary Had a Little Lamb, I mean, <laughs> yeah. there's only so much I can do there.
2: Yeah, here it is. Send me your unreleased song, mp3, I will record a free sample and send back to you. If you love what I play, you can have me play on the whole track. One day turnaround. One day turnaround. Send me your MP3 to Sessions at gmail.com. Let's make history. Is he going to charge? I'll let you know what happens. I have no clue.
1: Bet what it is. He'll do a free sample. And then if you like it and you want him on the whole track, then it becomes licensing royalty thing.
2: Yeah. Then it becomes a gig. But still, it's Derek Sharinian, man. Sure. So I'll let you know what happens. Okay. Uh, what about you, Craig? What do you have to I
0: have been playing a good deal of jazz. Nice. I play music with a bunch of guys, a couple people in Boulder, another guy here in Denver. And the bass player who is here in Denver, who I've been playing music with forever, turns out he is interested in trying jazz. So we have been getting together and playing a little bass and piano jazz.
1: that sounds amazing.
0: And and it's just really fun. It's a muscle I've never really used. I've jammed with tons of people in a rock context. Mm Mm-hmm but never tried to do jazz standards, and it's a blast. Cool.
1: As long as you're having fun, right?
0: Oh, totally. And Nance likes it. The other thing is my cousin, his kid just had a baby, so I'm flying out to Philly in a couple of days, and I'm going to attend a bris, yeah. which I'm very excited about. Sharpen the knives. Sharpen the knives, man. Back up. Everybody take a step back. The Moyle's here. Everybody turn around. The Moyle, by the way, for those listening, is the person who performs the circumcision.
1: There you have it. So for myself, I think it's been a lot like Lee. I'm just really busy. I will say since the last time we spoke, I did get my copy of the new Star One record pre-ordered. That actually was less eventful than I was expecting, so that's good. I'll talk about this a little bit in what I've been listening to, but I've been really listening to a band that I'm preparing some content for the show. Let me just say, folks, if you love how much I love the sci-fi element of Arion, it's not going to be at that level, but it's going to be pretty damn close. Go, cool. Yeah, that's what I've been up to. So, Lee, you usually tell us about all the news that's fit to know. Um, what's been going on? Devin Townsend has released
2: two new albums. It's an interesting pair of titles called The Puzzle and Snuggles. He says that in the midst of pandemic, he just started asking guests to take a piece and just add whatever you want onto it. The ultimate yes ending.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Aiken has announced their old keyboardist, Pete Jones, has rejoined the band. It's playing a Tony K. Following the departure of Diego Tejeda. And they've hinted at their sitting down and writing some new music. And on the other side of that coin is Diego Tejeda has announced he is about ready to record vocals and drums for his new album, his new band. He's been putting out good tweets about that. New Prague rock band that I've been listening to called Vast Conduit. They premiered a new album called Always Be There, and it was formed by Bill Jenkins, keyboardist of Enchant. I like it because it's got a real Kansas feel to it. Really enjoying that one. Rick Wakeman has announced a new UK tour, the English Rock Ensemble. It's all UK dates, Mm -hmm. but he promises it will be solid prog start to finish, and that's March and April. Steve Vai has released a preview track called Zeus and Chains, and that's from an upcoming album called Inviolet. I could not find a release date for it. New Coheed and Cambria album, Vaxis 2, A Window of the Awakening Mind, yeah will be coming in May of 2022, which is pretty cool. John Mitchell has announced a one-night evening of acoustic material, King's Cross in London, on February 16th. Jethro Tull released a third single from their new album, The Zealot Gene. This is the title track. This is really striking me a lot more like a folk record. So I don't know how excited I am about that. Yeah. And finally, Troika released a full preview of their song, Julia. Mm-hmm. Very Crosby, Stills, Nash, and I'm kind of done with it. So that's the last you're going to hear <laughs> about Troika from me.
1: Okay, that's the news. So the only thing I would add to news I was listening to an interview literally today, as we record this, of Tommy Karabik, and he hinted that there is both a new Camelot record, which I kind of expected, but also that there might be a new seventh wonder in the works. Oh. Really excited to see if that actually becomes a thing.
2: Very cool. Excited to hear about that.
1: So, as we also like to do before we get over to Craig, and where Craig's going to fanboy about a bunch of stuff, Name one or two things that you guys have each been listening to this month. Lee, what have you been listening to? Two
2: things. A band called The Seasides Project. Their most recent album is called Different Plane. I think it's their fifth studio album, and it's on Bandcamp. And I finally picked up Life Signs. Their new album is called Altitude. I kept seeing it on all these lists of top albums of 21.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: I finally had to go get it and see what it's about. It's good. It's certainly not the quality of day and age, in my opinion, but Good stuff.
1: Awesome. What about you, Craig? I've
0: been listening to Alan Holdsworth, his Secrets album. He does a lot of guitar synth stuff that's triggering a piano. Really been enjoying that. And just a ton of piano jazz. Nice.
1: And, you know, Lee just mentioned in news the upcoming Coheed and Cambria record. And I literally have been binging Coheed and Cambria for the past month because I'm planning to do something in the future for the show around Coheed and Cambria. Nice. I just love how deep the sci-fi mythos goes with this band it's multimedia it's got comic books and albums and the artwork for the albums a whole bunch of stuff we'll talk about it more later on the show in a different episode cool craig tell us something unheard of craig
0: oh they're unheard of i'm gonna just jump right in and play a clip first and then we'll talk about it this band who i've really been nerding out on lately man that is a freaking intro yes it is yep The band is called lest we forget and that was a clip from their new single called sleepwalking i got a ton to say about these guys but what do you guys think of that
1: i love that i love I'm it totally I absolutely love, that. love
2: that
0: yeah the way this whole bit started was people have been reaching out to us on instagram and these guys wrote a very nice introduction letter saying hey we'd love it if you listen to our stuff here's links The way they describe themselves is combining intricate riffs and furious rhythms with anthemic cascading vocals, Leslie Forget's brand of progressive metal synthesizes these two most disparate of things, the complex and the catchy. Mm. For fans of Tesseract, Architects, Between the Buried and Me, Trivium, Avenged Sevenfold, and more. I've never heard of any of those bands.
1: I've heard of every single one of them. Yeah, same here.
0: I figured you probably did. I'm slowly becoming a, a metal nerd. I was going to
2: say, Craig, you really have turned into a metal nerd.
0: Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that. There is a little taste of the vocals in that clip. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Kairos and a little bit of Thank You, Scientist, as far as the melodies and the tenor of the guy's voice, or the timbre, I guess. We'll hear more about that in the next clip. They have a really strong visual element. They're interesting to look at. Hmm. They don't look like what you think they would sound like. It's almost like cheap trick for the 21st century. You just got to look. Their videos are super well produced. Let's go to the second clip. And this song is called Zero One, but not as in the numbers zero. It's as in if there was a contest between zero and something else. Zero One.
2: Interesting vocals.
0: The melodies are great. His voice is super,
2: doesn't really kick you in the face, but it almost does. It was kind of those lower harmonies that I was really enjoying.
1: And I love that mix. Mm -hmm. The drum really cut through everything really, really well, and I like that a lot.
2: The guitars remind me of Sam Vallon from Caligula's Horse. I don't know enough about Caligula's Horse, but there's always a little
0: something different and unique going on with the guitars. And I just really like that. It just really keeps it interesting. This song, Zero One, it sets the scene for Tony, their concept album called Theaters of the Mind. And the album itself takes place in a post-apocalyptic wasteland where mankind, long devoid of any shred of humanity, has been nearly destroyed by its dependency on the machines that it created. It's a story of two people just fighting to stay alive.
1: Basically, that's the United States right now.
0: I was thinking if Battlestar Galactica had one character, it would be about that. Nice. They are three guys from UK, a guy named J.H. Norris. He has lead vocals and bass, Harry Lingard, bright, on guitar, and Paul Heavy, also on guitar and vocals.
2: Paul Heavy on guitar. Yeah. Talk about a name made for prog metal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they headline shows throughout the UK. They've opened for bands like Yashin, Fearless Vampire Killers, Pressed Miko, which is a fun little Rocket reference, Wars, Chapter and Verse, and Martyr Demona, to name a few. I'll play one more clip. It's a song called Visitor. And I'm just going to say right off the bat that there is no 30 second clip in the world that can do this freaking masterpiece of a song justice. It is absolutely a call to action to anybody listening to go up to YouTube, find Lest We Forget, find Visitors and listen to that song. god so good
1: wow. it is a really great track
0: so they're on twitter and facebook at lw forget uk all one word they're on youtube just lest we forget all one word and their website is lest we forget band.co.uk. so uh, check them out uh really really fun stuff back to you tony
1: yeah that was great Craig. that is great my biggest sadness is that They're still small enough. They're UK-based. We'll probably never get a chance to see them here. (laughs) But if somehow we can see them here, I will be first in line. So we're going to be talking a little Stephen Wilson tonight.
2: There are the musicians we talk about on this show that are great at their instrument. And there's a smaller group of musicians that are multi-instrumentalists. And then there's the rarer breed that are not only great multi-instrumentalists, but they also are great writers, great composers. But finally, there is this most rarefied strata of people, and I can only think of a handful, that can take on any piece of the music production process, writing, playing, composing, engineering, production, even down to helping drive and oversee the video and the artwork. And Stephen Wilson is one of those people. And if that name doesn't ring any bells to you, I'm not entirely surprised. He's a pretty unassuming guy that doesn't necessarily try to grab a lot of spotlight, but he has had his hands in some of the most important projects of the last 15 years. And I think it's one of those things that even if you haven't
0: heard of him, you've heard of his work.
1: Yeah, I'm probably going to get shot on for this, but (laughs) for me, the crowd goes, meh.
0: Really? I I shit on you.
1: This is why I'm in the conversation tonight. I know him from his production stuff. I know some of the music, but it's not really hit me. And I'm really wanting to be won over tonight.
0: Tony, have, have you listened to Steve Wilson albums? Yes. I mean, they're not all at the same level.
1: I've listened to a couple straight through. Mm-hmm. And then for the past four or five days, I've had a Stephen Wilson Spotify mix going. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've gotten a pretty good cross section.
2: I think if you're approaching it from a Pandora or Spotify, looking for something to impress you, then I think it's easy to be disappointed. He's 54 as of this recording, and he's had a career that has really spanned an awful lot of different musical styles, which really reflects his musical influences. And I think what's really impressive is to look at his overall career and what he's accomplished so far, because I consider him probably the most important musician of the last 15 years.
1: This is one of the people... That I really feel like I should be into, and I'm not. Mm -hmm. I actively resisted Frost until the cult just consumed (laughs) me. Yeah, which it will. And this one, I actively want to be engaged, and I haven't found that hook yet.
2: Well, it's interesting you bring up Frost, because there are elements of Frost that I think ring true for me here with Stephen Wilson as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. The
0: whole production thing, the remastering thing, the yep. kind of got a day job thing.
2: But if you're looking for hooks, I think I got that too, because I've definitely got some areas that will pull you in with his mastery of Prague. Absolutely. Stephen Wilson has been the founder slash co-founder of at least seven different bands that have all produced work over the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. All of them successful and producing multiple albums. And in fact, some of them have albums scheduled to be coming out in 2022. His influences are wide and varied, everywhere from Disco to Prince to ABBA to Zappa, Pink Floyd, Dead Can Dance, Tears for Fears. He counts all of those as an influence, and he writes in all of those styles. Uh But what I think is kind of unique here is he's used those seven different bands as vehicles for these different influences in what he writes. What I'd like to do tonight is to break down the work he's done according to these various bands, and then let's go through them and listen. Some of them are more interesting than others to me, But then we will go focus on a couple of the heavy prog acts, especially Porcupine Tree and his solo career.
3: Yeah.
0: I think that's great. I'm excited to see if he's written anything in a major key.
2: In between, I'd like to stop and just throw some little facts out here and there. Awesome. Beginning fact I'm going to put out here is he's a multi-instrumentalist. He lists guitar, keyboards, bass, hammer, dulcimer, flute, auto harp. The only instrument in a band that I see that he doesn't play is drums. Hmm. But the most interesting thing, I think, is he has no formal musical training. Mm -hmm. He really picked all of this up on his own, which I think is astonishing considering the depth of this discography. Hmm. So let's start by looking at two bands, Blackfield and No Man. No Man was originally called no man is an island except the isle of man <laughs> that's hilarious and they actually did two albums under that no man is an island title and then they finally just said i ah, forget it it's no man this is a duo that he has with tim bowness not only do they have this duo they also have an active podcast that's going on now called the album years i've listened a couple of times hmm. and what they do which i think is fascinating is they take a year any period of time between 1965 and 2000 And they just discuss all of the different major releases in music that happened in that year.
1: Oh, wow. That's awesome. Mm.
2: And it can really bridge the gamut between rock, pop, disco, jazz, whatever it happens to be. Is Tim Bowness a name we should know? I asked that question as I was going into this, and I don't believe so. Mm Okay. He has played with other groups, but no, not that I'm aware of. I don't think he's a name that we should just know. Okay. But this tends to be very pop. Here's a little composite I put together.
4: I step out of the shadows And into the bright day I cannot breathe For the smoke And the city smells My head comes alive with the sky and start to shout removing all my doubts I could really love you
0: Boy,
2: that's got Steve Wilson DNA in it. It does. And Tim Bowness really, really beautiful voice. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm really interested in what you just said there, that it's got Stephen Wilson DNA all over it. And I want to come back to that. When was this recorded? So was that like late 90s?
2: No, it was all over. I pulled them from 1993 all the way to 2019.
1: Because there were some of those that sounded like a couple of Madonna singles from the late 90s. Yeah. It's got a mm-hmm. definitely pop feel to it. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So Stephen Wilson DNA, what'd you mean, Craig? The melody line sounded kind of Steve Wilson. A lot of the just production in general sounded like some of the more recent Steve Wilson solo albums. Mm
1: -hmm. Atmospheric.
0: I mean, it's one of those things I could probably pull it out of a lineup. And I liked it. I enjoyed it.
2: It's good in a vein. It's not anything I would go grab and and run with, but let me do a little bit of Blackfield. It's very similar. Okay. But uh, in this case, the partnership is with Aviv Geffen, Israeli guitarist and vocalist. But where No Man is a little more light on the pop side, Blackfield is a little more pop rock.
1: Are those live drums?
2: Yes, that is Tomer Z, and this album was released in 2020. So, seven studio albums out of No Man. No Man is a much more popular endeavor. It's one of the things that really kind of raised Stephen Wilson up. And then Blackfield's six studio albums. And is that still with Steve Wilson in the lineup? He has said that he's going to step away from these bands now that he's doing a lot more of his own solo work.
0: See, the song Blackfield, to me, sounded... Like a Porcupine
2: Tree song. Yeah, I can see that. Probably primarily because he's doing a lot of the vocals there.
1: I understood about Stephen Wilson originally hearing with him being with Porcupine Tree, Mm -hmm. but I didn't really listen to it. And then I came across the Stephen Wilson mixes of Gentle Giant. Yes. I've become really a fan of what he does production-wise. Definitely I can hear that even in those tracks.
2: So, yeah, that kind of wraps up the pop piece. Like I said, it's not something that I listen to a lot, just kind of aware of. But there's a real influence here, and it comes back in his solo work. Interesting fact, he plays completely barefoot, and he's actually gotten in trouble a couple of times because he stepped on some things over the years. One time, it was a discarded syringe that he stepped on. <laughs> yeah, had to be rushed over to, to get tetanus shot. I'm sure it was insulin. He's stepped on nails and screws and all this. Now he carries around a, a rug with him, and they lay it out, so at least he's not standing on a bare wooden floor. Ever heard of a guy, Michael
0: Hedges? No. He's a solo guitar player. I think he passed away. I think he was in a car wreck like 15 years ago. Same thing. He always had a carpet on stage with him.
1: So a lot of metal guitarists do it. They say that it's easier for them to find their pedals.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: now we're going to jump
2: into three different bands and this is going to start centering in a little more on what we listen to. Uh, so the first band is called the Incredible Expanding Mind. What? What? The Incredible Expanding Mind. What? Uh,
1: what was that sound?
2: <laughs> oh, the sound. Okay, yeah. I invited the censor bleep to come along with us. Um, my <laughs> daughter told me that she wants to be able to recommend our podcast to the people at school, but she can't with us swearing the way we are. So oh. Because sometimes we say, yeah, especially me. <laughs> sometimes I say, and so I decided I would try to invite the sensor bleep over for this episode and we'll see how that goes. I think
0: that's awesome because we're really trying to get our numbers up. Yeah. There's a demographic out there that needs to Well, do certainly
2: so. my daughter's friends can't do it.
1: I, especially the middle schoolers my daughter goes to school with. Um, she wants to recommend the show, but can't let them listen to it at school because we have an E rating.
2: Right. Exactly. <laughs>
1: Well, at least we got to hear the unedited version while we recorded. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> That's what you get in Patreon. You get to listen to us. Yeah. swear. Yeah, you get to hear us say for 20 minutes. You pay for it. <laughs> so the band is called The Incredible Expanding Mind We will refer to it moving forward as IEM. And this is an outlet for his kraut rock influences. So bands like Kraftwerk, a little bit of Tangerine Dream. Mm-hmm. It's a little more experimental. But they've produced six studio albums as well, and here's a little example of what they do.
0: hear a single drop of steve wilson dna in there
1: i hear mid-90s industrial all over that
2: yeah exactly yeah little experimental little
1: industrial i mean i like that quite a lot okay
2: so is he huge in germany
1: i think he's like five foot ten
2: <laughs> him and david hasselhoff
1: they do back updates together the
0: incredible expanding hasselhoff i was in germany a couple of years ago And at every train station in Munich, there was a giant poster of Steve Wilson either promoting an album or Music Mess or something like that. It was just a big photo of him smiling.
2: Okay, so we're going to jump into another band here called Bass Communion. Now, this is getting a lot closer to what I would listen to. Bass Communion is very ethereal. No drums, no vocals, Hmm. really more like soundscapes than individual songs. And different musicians have guested on these from time to time, like Robert Fripp, Bryn Jones, Theo Travis. Very, very long songs. Some of the albums are really only like three or four songs long. Here's an example of Bass Communion. Is that Hammer Dulcimer? Oh, that's what that is. Yeah. I couldn't tell if that was just way high up on the neck with a capo or.
1: I like that quite a lot too.
2: There are eleven of these albums, so there is quite a bit of bass communion out there. Yeah. I thought the two of you might really find this interesting. I'm not much of an ambient guy, but I really did like the way things fade in and out of that quite a bit. Nice. All right. What's next is a very interesting work. The band and the album is Storm Corrosion. And this arose when Stephen Wilson met Michael Ackerfeld of Opeth, mm. and they connected, had a lot of different meetings, and Stephen Wilson ends up getting invited to produce the next three Opeth albums. He produces and mixes Blackwater Park, Damnation, and Deliverance, and I think that's interesting because around this time is where Opeth leaves death metal behind. Mm. And really starts moving to a lot more just straight prog rock. So, are
0: you suggesting that Steve Wilson had a lot to do with that?
2: The timing of it is really interesting because Michael Ackerfeld has stated that this album, Storm Corrosion, is part of a trilogy where Opus Heritage is the first album, Storm Corrosion is the second, and Stephen Wilson's Grace for Drowning, his solo album, is the third. All right, that's wild.
1: You know, I will harken back to something I said during the King Crimson episode. I think producers can make a difference on sound Mm -hmm. i wouldn't be surprised at all for Stephen wilson to change the direction of opeth
2: i get the feeling that opeth wanted to go there and Stephen wilson was one of the people that Stephen showed them the way
1: yeah okay that's a fair argument
2: because one thing i have read uh, in michael Ackerfeld interviews is he threw like 30 different death metal songs away when he decided to just walk away from it to do more prog rock
1: oh, they knew where they wanted to go, but they didn't know how to get there. And so Stephen Wilson helped them have that bridge.
2: That's the impression I get more than anything. Very cool. But this is a very interesting album. So listen to this clip. I think you guys will like this a lot.
4: And the truth can now be told, I'm natural And the truth can now be told, I'm manacled
0: how we got the gentle giant gig
1: right i see that yeah (laughs) i love that that is awesome that first sample really reminded me of like mid-90s king crimson Mm -hmm. i gotta go learn more
2: they don't intend to go back and do more with this this is the one band where they just did one album and it was done but i really like it quite a bit
1: that's cool it's
2: kind of like you wonder what the motivation was to do the album in the first place
1: just an outlet right
2: Yeah, just an outlet for their joint taste that weren't making it onto Opus or Stephen Wilson albums.
3: Yeah, that's cool.
1: We started this conversation where I was like, I want to be won over. I think you're getting there, but not the way I expected. Because (laughs) I was familiar with more of the Stephen Wilson solo and Mm -hmm. some porcupine tree. Obviously, I mentioned his production work, but this old stuff, like I'm loving this.
2: Same. Well, one of his strongest influences, he said this many, many times, is Pink Floyd. Really? I've read that he considers them his favorite band. And I hear that in some of the ambient stuff. Mm -hmm. I kind of hear that Dark Side of the Moon quality to it. Sure. And the other thing I'll bring up is he has pulled in Alan Parsons for a number of his solo works. And Alan Parsons is the engineer behind Dark Side of the Moon. Mm -hmm. Mm. Was Alan Parsons doing production or engineering? Both. Good stuff. Yep. That's Storm Corrosion. Now we're going to get to the heart of the matter. I found Stephen Wilson through Porcupine Tree as well. And when I first heard In Absentia, it completely blew my mind. Porcupine Tree is definitely the prog rock outlet for Stephen Wilson. And this band was started as a joke. Porcupine Tree was originally this private joke that had been going around with Stephen Wilson and his friends. Where they came up with the name of this imaginary band, Porcupine Tree. And this imaginary demo tape they had called Tarkin Seaweed Farm, they would just pass this around to each other. Oh, you've, you've heard Porcupine Tree, right? And eventually it got so big that he actually went and made an eight-page inlay booklet, which <laughs> featured like this imaginary backstory for Porcupine Tree. And then to expand the joke further, he created a Porcupine Tree demo tape. And another musician gave that demo tape to a music editor, and he wrote a review of it. (laughs) And at this point, Stephen Wilson looked at it and went, this shouldn't be a joke. People are really into this. We should go make a band. No kidding. I have a, a few different composites I put together because this stuff just lands dead center for me for prog rock. Let's start here. much riverside in there that's an interesting comment yeah i do hear some riverside in there yeah
0: i feel like if there was like a pie chart of all the musical elements of porcupine tree you could take one slice of the pie out and that's most of riverside okay and i mean that in a good way
2: i love riverside yeah richard barbieri on keys and i think that's also an interesting choice because he didn't go to conservatory and learn keys he really kind of mm. self-learned mm. he was interviewed in Jim Godfrey's Voltage Controllers podcast. He was the first guy interviewed. That's where I heard of him. Okay. And talked a lot about how he came up in Porcupine Tree. Colin Edwin on bass, Chris Maitland on drums, Gavin Harrison on drums, and then John Wesley's toured off and on. And I've seen Porcupine Tree. I want to say it's Porcupine Tree. Maybe it's solo. Uh you and I saw him with Craig Bundell. Mm. But maybe that was the solo we saw with Randy. Yeah, that was solo. That wasn't Porcupine Tree. Yeah. Okay. Very very strong albums in here to me. The sky moves sideways. Light bulb sun. In absentia. Dead wing and fear of a blank planet. I think are just excellent excellent albums. i'll point out here is i really like these mixes there is pretty minimal processing on the vocals hmm. there isn't a lot of slap back it's really just kind of him standing in front of a mic every now and then you can hear like a, a long echo but not that often and i really really like that mm-hmm. and this is where it starts reminding me a little more of like something frost would do it's a lot more about the writing to me and similar to day and age, there's minimal solos, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't say they're concept, but there are some definitely thematic albums in here, like the incident. It all came from him being stuck in a traffic jam in England from a car crash where people had died, and he really started to think about the incidents that just suddenly pop out of nowhere and mm-hmm. irrevocably change people's lives. So he wrote first-person songs describing incidents like the religious cult in texas where the teens were removed from the family and one of the songs is about a family terrorizing a neighbor Hmm. it's intense stuff man what a gift to be able to just have a life experience
0: that you know maybe just happens in a blink of an eye and and turn it into into an album album. of beautiful
2: music you know Uh all right one more set of clips and then we'll leave porcupine tree So that's Porcupine Tree. What a great
0: montage. That's awesome. Love that, man. This is obviously Prague. Mm-hmm. But I feel like most of the other stuff, at least the clips that you played, were pretty Prague also, just a different kind.
2: Well, for me, No Man in Blackfield are not Prague. Just my opinion. But I do think Storm Corrosion and Base Communion are a different kind of Prague, like you said. Mm-hmm.
1: I have a slightly different take on it. If I go back to our What is Prague episode, we made a statement in there, and I'll paraphrase, that artists can come in and out of Prague or artists can deviate from Prague, but the whole of their production may be Prague in the aggregate. If I were to look at No Man and then Storm Corrosion and then all of those groups and separate them from Steven Wilson, I think I could agree with you, Lee, but when I think about this as this is Stephen Wilson's story... I'm seeing Prague all over the place. I'm seeing him experiment in lots of different ways and build up a catalog that, to me, is very proggy.
2: Yeah, I agree. That was my point at the very beginning. If you want to try to find a hook, you know, hook me on Stephen Wilson. Those hooks are here, but I think the really amazing thing is all the different styles of the overarching catalog and how they all play together. This, to me, is like Prague over a career. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To be able to create seven different bands like this and to go separate what you're doing in each one with your interest, I think that is completely fascinating.
1: Yeah, just with the notes you have here, we have like 20 albums so far?
2: No. Out of the seven bands we're talking about tonight, 49 studio albums. Holy cow. Does that include the uh, remasters, though? No. Remixes and remasters adds another 61 albums. Wow.
1: That's just original content.
2: Yes. 49 studio albums is just original content. And I believe there's three new albums coming out in 2022. Yeah. In an interview in Brave Words in February 21st, he he said, I can't have an allegiance to doing anything for very long because I get bored. (laughs) And I think to me that the icons that I grew up admiring the most, people like Bowie, Zappa, Neil Young, were always changing. That's what they do. Hmm. It's unusual in music to hop around genres. But the people that do and the people that did define their own musical world.
1: I can't disagree with them. I
2: can't disagree with them either.
1: Yeah. Look, I, I love Star One and Arion and like... One you did it, that man. Did it. I was going to see if you get minutes, the whole episode minutes, without 14 saying seconds. that. <laughs> Bingo. You know, I did. I walked into that. You did go an hour though. <laughs>
2: All right. So we listened to those first six bands. All of this comes together in his solo career. Mm -hmm. And I think this is where you really hear the merging of all these different styles and the different things he's done. There are six studio albums for his solo work. Insurgente's, Grace for Drowning, The Raven That Refused to Sing, Hand Cannot Erase, To the Bone, The Future Bites. And he said he's going to release a new double solo album in 2022. Uh, Concept album, by the way. So let's jump in.
0: Great song. Oh my god.
2: It is. That last song is The Raven That Refused to Sing. Title Track from the same album. And this is another work he did with Alan Parsons. Really? And it was chosen Critics Choice Album of the Year for twenty thirteen. I want
0: to say that Tony, if you're trying to get into Steve Wilson, instead of having a Pandora tracker or whatever,
1: mm-hmm.
0: get Raven That Refused to Sing and listen to it a few times through.
1: Since you brought it up. I asked for a very specific thing at the beginning of the episode. Help me come to love Stephen Wilson because I want to. And I feel like you've done that. Mm -hmm. And I think that Spotify playlists and anything that randomizes does not do a service to the artists.
0: Yeah, it does such disservice to Steve Wilson's
2: solo albums.
1: Yeah, especially stuff that's prog-related.
2: That's why you need to come here to our podcast. Yeah.
1: We're probably going to touch on this in the outro. We usually do. Because now I'm getting, like, I'm getting a story laid out for me mm-hmm. by you, Lee, yeah. and it's helping me wrap my arms around Stephen Wilson. Okay. If you walked up to a person tomorrow on the street and they say, I want to like Stephen Wilson, where is the one place that you would tell them to start?
2: Hand Cannot Erase. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think Hand Cannot Erase is a masterpiece. Yeah. I really think that is one of the best albums ever done. And you have to listen to it beginning to end. You can't just pick pieces out. It has Prague in it, a little bit of industrial in it. Mm-hmm. It has some killer soloing on it. Oh, man. Freaking Adam Holtzman. I, I picked that clip up for you. Oh, thank you. Craig, because I knew you'd want it. Awesome. And that album is a very, very loose concept album. Mm-hmm. It's inspired by the true story of Joyce Carol Vincent, who died alone in her apartment and was undiscovered for over two years. She was on the UK's equivalent of Social Assistance. And so some of her, like, home payments and utility payments were automatically being taken out of the social assistance. Oh. And she died in her apartment one day, most likely from an acute asthma attack. But she lay undiscovered for over two years, including her TV had been left on. Wow. Yeah, the story had been documented in a movie called Dreams of a Life. And the documentary and her story really hit Stephen Wilson hard. And so the songs on Hand Cannot Erase are told first person from the point of view of a woman, and it covers profound topics like, how can we all be so connected on social media every minute of every day, yet this woman dies and doesn't get discovered for over two years?
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Aside from it being an incredible
0: album musically, when he toured, he tells the story during the show, and at the end of the concert, it's like, I think I'm
2: crying. Oh, yeah. Her remains were found surrounded by presents that she had been wrapping for Christmas. And the last song in the album is called Happy Returns, and it's her writing a letter to her brother wrapping presents. And then she gets tired and says, I'll finish this tomorrow, and dies. And that song still brings me to tears. It's so well written. It was incredible. That's a great lead in. Let's listen to some clips from Han Canada Race. This is a masterwork. Yeah. It was voted album of the year in a number of different magazines and things like that. And I consider it the best album of 2015 myself.
1: When we talk about a masterwork, given our prog not prog episode recently, I mentioned Frost Day and Age is like this watershed album. And from what I'm hearing here from this hand cannot erase, Mm -hmm. it sounds like it has that same kind of vibe where you cannot take any one of the pieces out.
0: I agree. I got to tell you, I get a little bit stuck between Raven and Hand Cannot Erase. Okay. I love them both. I totally understand. And to Tony's question, I think either one of those albums, Raven or Hand Cannot Erase, if he uses those as the on-ramps, and again, listen to a beginning to end, Mm -hmm. they're absolutely different.
2: They are different. And that's an interesting flow to follow, too, because Grace for Drowning and The Raven That Refused to Sing have more of a blues jazz feel to them. Right. Mm -hmm. It's got... Steel Travis playing saxophone quite a bit mm-hmm. and then Hand Cannot Erase was a little more rock Right, and then comes To The Bone and The Future Bites those tend to be a little more urban and industrial so let's do one more I want to really get to some of the later stuff and I think you will start hearing a little bit more of what I was talking about with these other influences that come in mm-hmm. Okay, and then we'll wrap it up
4: You're faster than most you bloody king you're kind of wasted and I wish I'd waited for you to come to It's
2: a little more modern, a little more urban, mm-hmm. a little more hip-hop even. Mm-hmm. But also a little disco. Yeah.
1: A disco in there. Exactly. Yeah, I can hear that.
2: And he doesn't shy away from that as one of his roots. He talks about one of the bands he has really admired throughout his years as ABBA huh. um, because of their staying power and what they've written. To me, he is absolutely one of the most prolific people going. 49 studio albums out of the work we listen to tonight. And counting.
1: Yeah, and I think what I'm hearing is if you've got a commute or you're taking a plane trip or a train trip or something, listen to the album's beginning to end. Don't do the Spotify Pandora thing.
0: Mm -hmm. Listen to the podcast first and then a Steve Wilson album. So it's got to be like a longer flight.
1: Listen to us and then go listen to what we tell you to listen to.
2: That's right. <laughs> awesome. And then we should talk about his mixing and mastering because he has really taken on a lot of, especially my favorite prog rock albums out of the 70s and 80s. Three Gentle Giant albums, Power and the Glory, Octopus, and a three piece suite, which is a combination of tracks from the first three albums.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Tarkus and ELP from Emerson, Lincoln, Palmer. Pretty much almost the entire Jethro Tull catalog. It's crazy. And almost the entire King Crimson catalog with Robert Fripp looking over his shoulder. Have you listened to any of the Crimson remixes? I haven't listened to the Crimson. I've listened to Gentle Giant, Mm -hmm. and I've listened to a couple of the Jethro Tulls, and I've listened to ELP. Yeah, ditto. Yeah, I listened to ELP. It's not in my notes, but I think he also did Brain Salad Surgery. Um, I believe he did. Oh, wow. And that one, I could hear Carl Palmer's mallets hitting the heads of the timpani. (laughs) It was so clear. It just blew me away. Because that album is already large.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at your notes here, Lee, and I didn't know that he did Misplaced Childhood by Marillion. I want to go track that one down now. Yep. I want to go find what he did from Hawkwind, because Hawkwind is another one of my favorites. Okay. So for the listeners, Lee has these great notes that he's sharing on my screen right now. And it's just... A super dense set of words of how many things <laughs> that Stephen Wilson has had his fingers in. Yeah. It's amazing.
0: I didn't realize he did XTC, and those are my favorite XDC albums. Skylar Skylarking. King. Black Sea is incredible. Drums and Wires is
2: incredible. None such. Yeah.
1: I didn't know he did a remaster or remix of Yes albums. Yeah.
2: I've got to go pick up his version of Relayer. That's one of my favorite albums. Same. He's also done like Chicago, Kiss. Simple Minds, Roxy Music. It's just really in a wide swath of what he goes and remixes.
1: You guys had introduced me to Gentle Giant early in the show. I kind of fell in love with him. And then I was able to get a copy of the first album before Stephen Wilson did the remaster. Hmm. And then I listened to the Stephen Wilson remaster, and he just brought this different, vibrant life to it. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, like this guy is brilliant.
2: Yeah, Power and the Glory, what he did remixing. Yes,
1: that one in particular.
2: You could just hear the bottom end on that, finally. Finally, <laughs> yeah. He has remixed and remastered pretty much every album I liked out of the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So,
2: Tony, where'd you end up
1: at the end of all this? You know, I, I mentioned it a couple of minutes ago. You put it in a context. Lee, I think this is the first episode, no offense to anyone else that's done one, where I think you are making the thesis of this show happen, where you're connecting a very present artist to a long legacy of prog that came before him oh good i'm still a little overwhelmed he's an overwhelming guy but i have a place to start
2: yeah he's got so much material yeah and craig you and i have spent a lot of time comparing Hand Cannot Erase race and raven mm-hmm. we've seen him a few times new stuff here you picked up how much porcupine tree did you know before that
0: i knew about half of the catalog i knew most of the songs that you played snippets of okay mm-hmm so I'm pretty spun up on them, but it's the stuff before that that's pretty intriguing to me. Yeah. Okay. I am looking forward to uh, listening to some bass communion. Yeah,
1: that's great. Yeah, me too.
0: I had never heard of them.
2: 11 albums, man. You can do a whole lot of listening.
0: I really had no idea that he even did anything before, um, Porcupine Tree,
2: to be yeah, honest. Quite a bit. Great musician. He's one of my favorites. I think he influences a whole lot of people in this genre. hmm Yep. And I'm really looking forward to his next releases, new Porcupine Tree and new solo album. And I believe I also read a new book as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Thanks for letting me do this, guys. Yeah, thanks, Lee. Thank you. This was awesome. Cool.
1: So we like to go do things to go listen to, recommendations. So Lee, I'm going to start with you. What, what is your recommendation for people as we part ways with Stephen Wilson here?
2: For his solo work, Hand Cannot Erase, or Raven That Refused to Sing. <laughs> for Porcupine Tree, I'd say Dead Wing
1: and probably Fear of a Blank Planet. Nice. Uh, what about you, Craig? Do you have any recommendations for people?
0: One of the cool things about Stephen Wilson's band is one of the keyboard players, Adam Holtzman, he's been around forever and done a lot of really cool studio work. There is this band out of L.A. in the mid-'80s called The Fence. F E N T S. And Adam Holtzman was a keyboard player. It's very proggy, jazzy, all instrumental, and it's really tasty. And also the newer Miles Davis stuff before he passed, uh, Adam Holtzman played in that band as well. Really?
2: Yes, he did. Did not know that.
1: I'm with the listeners tonight. I don't have a recommendation. I'm consuming yours. I needed to be educated about Stephen Wilson. And now I need to just go consume all that and opened my horizons around Stephen Wilson and his music. I didn't realize how prolific he was just in general. Yeah, As we heard tonight, like there's a lot of stuff that isn't Stephen Wilson on the label, but I'm really a fan of from what I heard. Cool. So as we exit tonight, don't forget you can find us on Twitter at UP3Show and Instagram at UP3Show. You can contact us via email at up3show at gmail.com. We definitely want to hear back from you about what kind of topics and stuff you'd like to hear about on the show. Don't forget to back us on Patreon. That'll help us keep the lights on. We're at patreon.com slash up3show. So as always, Lee does our mix and our edit in post-production here for us. So thank you for that, Lee. Craig does all of our social media stuff. So if you see all of his funny, witty pictures on Instagram, Twitter, wherever We also have our social media consultant, Sasha Abramson. I want to give a shout out there and a quick little shout out to all of our Patreon backers right now. I I know my wife is out there. I think there might be a couple of others. If you want to show us non-financial support, you can do that easily by subscribing to the podcast. Our homepage is at up3show.podbean.com or wherever it is that you get your podcast. We're on all the major platforms. Now also please take a moment to leave a review that helps some of the algorithms populate us up to the top and helps other people find the show. That's all for tonight. And we'll talk to you guys next month. Bye. Bye. Hey folks, Tony here. If you made it this far, congratulations. You're getting everything you can out of this podcast episode. As a reminder, we are a podcast about commentary and opinion on prog music. We use samples of music to make our point and to teach others. We make no claim of copyright to any of the music featured in our samples and strongly recommend that you support the artists we talk about by buying their albums and merchandise or seeing them live. If you're an artist and you'd like for us to change how we've used your content on the show, please contact us directly so that
3: we can work together.